Welcome to Splainin', a podcast where two guys explain things to each other that they should know, but don't. I don't think that's how we normally do it. That is exactly how we do it, actually. You just tripped up. I feel like normally we do a podcast where two guys explain things to each other that they should, that know, they should but know, but don't. Isn't it? How did we just do it? We went, oh, this is an annoying conversation. Welcome to Splainin', a podcast where two guys explain things to each other. That, that they, they should know, but uh, yeah, right? I did. Yeah, yeah I screwed yeah. it up. It's That's a, my fault. It's a one one uh-huh. one. Yeah, not a one 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 one. Not a ninety nine point one hits FM. It's a one on one point one. The coast. It's a one on one point one coast hits yeah. FM. Uh-huh. Coast hits FM. Yeah. Um, we just did a fun thing, and that we was did. we let the song play. Yep. As the lead in, we didn't do our our one two three clap. Nope. Three two one clap. Three two one clap. No. Or our one two three clap. No, we didn't do that or either. Or our. our Two hops this time. <laughs> we didn't do any of that. We just crisscross. <laughs> we just did the. Uh, we played the song. We, we said the words at the time where I normally edit them in. Exactly, and we listened to it, and it just provided this whole new energy that a we screwed new, up anyways. A whole new world, if you will. Don't you dare close your eyes. <laughs> Every turn, a surprise. Mm. Um. So, Jeff, fun fact. Oh, and that is. In doing my research today, oh, or this week, not yes. today, no, um, last night. No, fact, I was gonna say <laughs> <laughs> it took me to you know Wikipedia, Wikipedia, which is just filled with like, please, 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 please help give us. us money. I know, I know, and I did not. No, <laughs> but I, they were like, but like it was very desperate. Oh, absolutely. And I was like, I should. They were like, if you feel like you've got two dollars and fifty cents worth of information, information, you could donate two dollars and fifty cents. I was like, I've gotten thirty-one episodes worth yeah. of information. I've made a fortune off Wikipedia. Yeah. Untrue. Mm. But I've definitely got more than two dollars and fifty cents worth. Oh, hands down. Did not donate. Didn't. We should. We should consider it. We should donate. Let's start a GoFundMe page on <laughs> Wikipedia's behalf. And we'll donate half of the proceeds <laughs> to Wikipedia. <laughs> I think it's a but great yeah, idea. It did come across as very desperate. Yeah, every new page was like a pop-up. But how did they do this up to now? Just I, publicly funded and like they somehow got some money sometimes? I'm not sure. Or like now, like now that there's people like us, just like really, just really soaking them dry. Yeah. Now they're needing the money. Yeah. Hmm. Probably. And also, like now that people are like, no Wikipedia, you have to fact check. So like maybe people are paid to do that in a way. Yeah, like I'm sure there's some the sort resources. of subsidy. Yeah. COVID. 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 Anyway, that was a fun fact. Here we are, episode three one, thirty one, baby. Thirty one. My golden birthday, champagne birthday. Wasn't last week's? The no, the 28th was our, because we are currently 28. Gotcha. I sort of like made it a stretch. It was a stretch. But like... I remember when Catherine asked about it, I wasn't able to explain it. Yeah, it was because we are currently 28. Yes. And the podcast turned 28. Yes. Episodes old. Uh-huh. Um, but no, I, when I turn 31... Oh, I it understand. It will be my... So, yeah. Yeah. You know? Cool. Anyway, <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Um, fun facts on the monolith um, segment of the podcast. Yes. Um, Pete McDonald, I was very excited to tell me in person the other day that the scientists in the helicopter were checking the gender of the sheep. Yeah, he told me that. And then <laughs> he? Yeah, he texted me and he said, hey, man, fun fact. They were yeah. just, yeah, counting. He was really excited to tell me. Sheep genitalia. As well, my sister has updated me for the third time oh, on the monoliths. Great. There's now one in California. Oh. Yep. So there has now been four. 
Four. Yeah. Uh, Utah, Romania, Britain. And Egypt. And California. Oh. No, there's not one in Egypt. Oh. Uh, there are pyramids in Egypt. For information like on that. about that, yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> referred to episode eight. Episode eight? Don't know. Probably not. Doesn't matter. No. Um, but anyway, there are four now. That's amazing. Did I, you like the picture that I sent you? That someone edited the photo to make it look like the McDonald's drive through stand? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And it did. It did. Um, so who knows what's going on there, but I look forward to more monolith news. As do I. I also feel like I stutter every time I say monolith news. Monolith news. Monolith news. Monolith news. That's a lot of, uh, <laughs> a lot of tongue. Monolith news. Yep. I also have a correction, more of a both of us admitted we didn't know. Oh. So I went and looked it up. Yep. Einstein. <gasps> I have that one! From Germany. Yeah. You have it too? I have it. I have a little paragraph about it. Well, all I had was Einstein equals German. Oh, I have. And I had let's do an episode on him. I have the son of a salesman who later operated an electrochemical factory. Einstein was born in the German Empire, but moved to Switzerland in 1895, Mm. forsaking his German citizenship the following year. Specializing in physics and mathematics, he received his academic teaching diploma from the Swiss Federal Polytechnic School in Zürich in 1900. The following year, he acquired Swiss Swiss citizenship. Swiss citizenship. Nope. Swiss citizenship. Well done. That's difficult. In 1933, while Swiss Einstein... Swiss citizenship, Swiss citizenship, Swiss citizenship, Swiss... <laughs> In 1933, while Einstein was visiting the United States, Adolf Hitler came to power. Mm. Mm. Because of his Jewish background, Einstein did not return to Germany. We said Jewish, probably. Yeah. Yay. He settled in the U.S. and became an American citizen in 1940. On the eve of World War II, what is wrong with me? I don't know. He endorsed a letter to President Franklin D. Roosevelt, alerting him of the potential German nuclear weapons program and recommending that the U.S. begin a similar research. Einstein supported the Allies but generally denounced the idea of nuclear weapons. Mm. From there formed the Manhattan Project. No. Yeah. Well, full circle. Full circle. Um, yeah, we should do an episode on Einstein. Yeah. Other I mean, than E equals MC squared. I don't know much. I actually listened to halfway through a podcast um, with Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yes. Who's actually here tonight. Neil, come on out. <laughs> Back again by popular demand. Yeah. Neil, everybody. <laughs> well, uh, hi, everybody. And... Um, He's really funny. That's what I have you talk. He's 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 the re- he's famous because he's a scientist with a personality. That's a hundred percent correct. Yeah. Yep. Well, he's a I mean he's a brilliant scientist. Yes. With a personality, so he's a good spokesperson. Yes. For that community. Yep. Uh, he has a podcast called Star Talk, mm-hmm. and the episode that I decided to listen to is one about Einstein. Nice. And the title is "Let's Prove Einstein Correct." Ah, oh, because because all of this stuff is theories. Maybe so. Like, let's prove it's not. It's not a theory. It's now fact. I don't know if it was like that. I I don't, I, I haven't finished the episode. Okay, but anyway, it's just you know, food for thought. Yeah, anyway, we're gonna add them to the list. Yep. Uh, do you have any more corrections? No, I do not. Because I have one. Excellent. Another one that we both said. Hmm. Are we stupid? And the answer was yes. We are both stupid. <laughs> Always. <laughs> Always. Yeah. Uh, liquid gasoline isn't actually explosive. Okay, so I looked this up too, got so bogged down by it that I gave up and was like, I'm not doing that. Oh, funny. <laughs> so both of the same thing. Yeah. Fun, Jeff. <laughs> Listen, if we're, if we're not on the same wavelength. Let's not uh, talk about wavelengths. No. <laughs> Way more. Way more. Uh, so liquid gasoline isn't actually explosive, but gasoline vapor is. Which you did say. I did. Yeah. I said, if, uh, if you dropped a match... Uh, on it, the the vapors above the lake would explode. 
you need the right mixture of fuel and air mm-hmm. combined with the, the ignition source. Because you need oxygen for the combustion. Which we learned about previously because we were also equally stupid. Yes. But you would presumably have that for some portion of the matched path while falling. Okay. The explosion would end up vaporizing more gasoline, which would then combine to burn in a very large fire. It wouldn't explode all at once, though. It would also burn only as fast as oxygen can get to it. It is notable that dropping a match in a fairly small body of gasoline, for instance, a gallon bucket, would generally result in the match going out without igniting anything, as the fuel-air mixture right above the liquid gasoline isn't usually rich enough to ignite in the split second the match is there. If the bucket is open? Yeah, like if you're just throwing a match into a bucket. Right. Of but like, if, if say it was like a gas can where like the fumes could just live in there. Exactly. If, 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 if yeah, yeah, yeah. If the right. fumes could be there and trapped and you dropped a match, yes, absolutely. Yeah, they would combust. Um, but just to have free-flowing gasoline vapor. So your question was a lit match and you throw a tank of gas well, you at the pour, match. Yeah, you pour out gasoline on it. It wouldn't... It would, it would douse out the match. Because the vapors, the liquid would hit it and be like... See exactly. Later. But if you threw... It uh-huh. on like an already existing fire where the liquid wouldn't douse out the fire, it would catch. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Things you learn. But that's why I said, I was like, I'm fairly certain it's the vapor that is yeah. it's not the actual liquid. Right. Yeah. Things you learn. And so then, therefore, when the liquid, like if you put a bunch of liquid on like a bigger fire, uh-huh. the liquid wouldn't explode, but the liquid would start to burn and then become vapor and then also no, maybe explode? No, because I think there's always like the separation of the vapor with the gasoline like as a liquid. Like mm. it's always, so I think that is what catches and that's what does okay. it. Fun. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you did that because I really, I read for like 10 minutes. It was right before I started my actual research. Uh-huh. And like after 10 minutes, I was like, I'm already tired. I still have to do my research and I don't understand what I just read. Gotcha. So I gave up. Um, anything else? Um, we're really funny. Contact. <laughs> That's like Harrison. All, every day, Harrison will do something and be like, I'm funny. And I, my answer always is, sometimes, bud. Nah. <laughs> you got to keep him on Keep Keep him on the ground. And also like, sometimes you're not. Yep. Sometimes you're an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. Three fart jokes a day are great. Five is distasteful. The other day, I spent five minutes helping him sit on a whoopee cushion. <laughs> Me and him and Paul were doing that the other day. Because he always misses. He misses, and I laughed so hard. Oh, God, he overshoots. He overshoots. And, like, him trying to, like, line up his ass to the whoopee cushion is just so funny. It, the worst part is, it's like, it's it's comedy gold. It because is. he takes the care and consideration to really watch it line up yeah. but he doesn't realize he, and he really puts his arse over it yes he doesn't realize when he that, goes back he actually yeah. yeah oh anyway. it is 10 out of 10 it's a 10 out of 10 really one is. time he dropped full to the ground he goes oh my bum hurts <laughs> he has a british accent now does he he does <laughs> so um contest contest. The contest is over it's over and we had some engagement we had some which i was really happy about me too and we only had uh we had I think we had three people avail of the bonus entries. and uh, um, Yeah, we had... I think it was more than three. Of the bonus entries. Yes, I think it was more than three. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but and, yeah, no. And, and quite a few shares and likes and comments, which is great. Yeah. Um, and we have two winners. We have two winners. The first winner... Robin McMaster. Robin, congratulations. Who I work with at my church didn't know she listened to the podcast. How exciting. Very happy that she does. Yeah. Robin, I will deliver your t-shirt on Sunday if 
I remember. If you're... <laughs> Unlikely. Remind me. Remind him. Um, send me an email. Yeah. Um, and the second winner of... I'll roll, you say. I'm going out with her next week. Her name is... Leah McDonald! Leah McDonald! Leah McDonald! She just had a birthday. It's a yeah. belated birthday gift. Uh-huh. It's fantastic. So and she sent in a topic. She commented. She liked. She shared. I mean, she did it all. She is a supporter through and through always of everything. Yes. So it's only fair that fate... Ooh, Ooh. Fate chose her. Indeed. Which yeah. is a little segue into... To, so today, I should say, we should say... Is all listener send-ins. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the first send-in is fate. Yes. Fate consequence. Being in the right place at the right time, Jeff. Mm. Um, it may be more of a conversation point than a real splain, uh, but it's something that has fascinated me forever. Absolutely. So how, where did this come about, Evan? Well, a long-time listener and splainer. Splainer? Ooh. Can we coin that term? Well, only Fans if they or splainers? Can... <sighs> that, that sounds right, but that would imp- also imply, though, that they splain. Mm. Oh, or do they take the knowledge that they've learned and pass the splain on? And we say learned lightly. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> we say knowledge <laughs> very yeah. lightly. So longtime listener and splainer Jill asked us about this because um, Jill was in St. John's. Jill's from Stephenville. I've known Jill for years. She taught with my mom. Yeah, yeah. And Jill's daughter, Marigold, who's a big fan of the podcast as well. Nice. Both listen. Um, yeah. I was her vocal coach at Mon, and I've known her since she was like a little baby. We nice. were in like Christmas pageants together at church. Sweet. So anyway, um, she was in town and didn't know. No. Bumped into her. You did In Walmart. Yeah. Yes, I did. <laughs> and she's like, what are the odds I'm in town for like a day and a half? Yeah. And I was just talking to Marigold about Splain. I was listening to Splain in the supermarket. Stop. And like, there's Evan. <laughs> yeah. There's Evan Smith. There's the Evan. famous Evan Smith. There <laughs> Walking towards me. What are the odds? What are the odds? And I was like, Fate. by pretty low, given the amount of people who actually listen to the podcast. Honestly. That you're listening and bumping into me. But statistically speaking, how strange is it that you've run into someone at Walmart and the liquor store? Well, you know what? Does that mean you are more famous than me? In the in the Splain community? Well, when I first met Rita, because I'd never met Rita in my life. Jill uh-huh. I've known for years. But yeah. Rita I'd never met. I was at the liquor store, and she recognized my voice. Yeah. She's like, I feel like I know you from somewhere. I was like, oh, I'm a performer in town. She's like, no, it's I recognize your speaking voice. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, no, I've seen you perform. You're the shits. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Your podcast is all right, though. <laughs> Said no one ever. <laughs> so anyway... Um, so Jill wants to know, is there anything to the whole fate coincidence being the right place at the right time? I've thought this for years about songs. So like, I hear a song for the first time. And I'm like, oh my God, I love this song. And then I go somewhere and I hear it at the grocery store or like a song that I've loved forever. Mm. Haven't thought about or heard in years. Yeah. And I, you know, listen to the radio because I never listen to the radio in the car. I turn the radio and it's playing. Yep. And like, I've never thought about that until today. And there it is. Or yep. you hear it in a movie or whatever. And I'm like, that's crazy. Yeah. That thing happens to me all the time. So in pure grade six essay style, who am I kidding? University style. Mm-hmm. I will start with fate is defined as. <laughs> Webster's <laughs> dictionary defines fate exactly. as. <laughs> the developments of events beyond a person's control regarded as determined by a supernatural power. Or. Three goddesses who presided over the birth and life of humans. Each person's destiny was thought of a thread spun, measured, cut by the three fates, Clotho, Lachesis, and Atropos. They were the names of them old ladies with the funny... Yeah, with the eyeballs that kept popping out and the (laughs) hairy nose. (laughs) 
Um, so destiny, kismet, serendipity, karma, fortune, predestined, providence, call it what you want. Mm-hmm. The concept of fate has been discussed by humans for thousands of years. Thousands. There is a slight difference between fate and destiny. Mm. Fate is about the present, where every decision an individual has made has led them to their present scenario. Yeah. However, destiny is the future scenario mm-hmm. determined by decisions an individual will make. Like... You know, Neo in the Matrix. Yeah. Just to bring that back. Mm-hmm. Philosophy um, has a lot of concepts about destiny and fate. Absolutely. Um, it's existed since the Hellenistic period with groups such as the Stoics and the Epicureans who come to door to door selling Epicure. I was, oh, you fricker. <laughs> I was waiting for your sentence. I was going straight for it. <laughs> the Stoics believed that human decisions and actions ultimately went according to a divine plan devised by a god. Mm-hmm. Citation needed. Yes. They claimed that although humans theoretically have free will, their souls and their circumstances under which they live are all part of a universal network of fate, mm-hmm. which is sort of the concept of fate. The Epicureans challenged the Stoic beliefs by denying the existence of this divine fate. They believed that a human's actions were voluntary so long as they were rational. Okay. Which is a weird sentence. That's very weird. So it's like... If you do something wacky, you're like, oh, that's That's the fates. Yeah. yeah. A coincidence, however, and this is sort of like the main point of like what a lot, many people refer to fate and destiny it's as, just as a coincidence. Yeah, yeah. Is a remarkable concurrence of events or circumstances that have no apparent causal connection with one another, mm-hmm. often linked to the world of the supernatural, the occult, or the paranormal. However, from a statistical perspective, coincidences are inevitable and often less remarkable than they appear intuitively. Yep. Usually, they are chance events with underestimated likelihood. Yep. An example is the birthday problem, which shows the probability of two persons having the same birthday exceeds 50% in a group of 23 people. Wow. Right? What? I can't figure out that math. No. Because that doesn't make sense, because I know more than 50 people. Not many more. No, but that's pro- it's probability. It's not... Every time it will be, but inf- if you do it infinitely, I, under, pro- I understand how right? statistics work. But I yes. just mean like, do you know anybody who has the same birthday as you? Uh, Lisa Kudrow. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. We used to get. Did you have these in high school? You'd get these like um, some company did them. You'd pay like birthday five cards. Bucks. No, people didn't like me in high school. No, it was it was for, <laughs> it was for Valentine's Day. You'd get like a Valentine's Day cards. No, people didn't no. love me in school. <laughs> No, you'd get like this like printout and it would say like who your who fell on the same birthday as you. It'd be the people in your grade who you were most likely matched with. Like all these weird things. We used to get this every year. No. Yep. We used to get it every single year on Valentine's Day in our high school. And you'd be like, ooh, I'm matched with I don't know if relationships blossomed to that. They never did for me. No. But they may have for other people. Anyway, um, that's a fun concept. Uh, also Beethoven, I think. Beethoven or Bach or Handel. One of the, the classical composer guys has the same birthday as me. Sure. Um, which I really think is important. Um, <laughs> the Austrian <laughs> biologist Paul Kammerer, a wild genius who committed suicide in 1926 at the age of 45, collected coincidences. He published a book titled Das Gesetz der Serie, The Law of Series, which has not been translated into English yet. It's our, it's yet. our duty. It's our duty. Uh, in this book, he recounted 100 or so anecdotes of coincidences that had led him to formulate his theory of serial, 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 
<laughs> I'm so happy this isn't me. So it's cereal, S-E-R-I-A-L. Yep. I-T-Y. I don't know where the stress of the word Sir- should go. Cereality. 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 That feels right. But there's no A. Yes, there is. At the end. Cereal. Cereality. Yeah. Yeah, cereality. Cereal. Cereal, but cereality. I like that. Reality. Cereality. Perfect. Yeah. Nailed it. Yeah. He postulated that all events are connected by waves of cereality. See how I just adapted that immediately? Yeah, well done. Khmerer was known to make notes in public parks of how many people were passing by, how many of them carried umbrellas, etc. Albert Einstein called the idea of seriality interesting and no by, and by no means absurd. Like, hmm. right? Someone, yeah. An academic of him was like, there's something to that, man. So there's this story of a man that I read whose father got sick and died. He went on eBay looking for a license plate for his son's transportation-themed bedroom, like trains, cars, sure. planes, trains, automobiles. Um, he wanted to be a Massachusetts plate <clears throat> because he spent lots of time in Massachusetts with his dad who just passed away. First plate that pops up. It was a 1938 plate, the same year his dad was born, with the numbers 143264. His mother was born February 2nd of 1943, and they married in 1964. He was like, oh my God, this is insane. Not to mention the seller on eBay when he contacted them who collected these plates with his father, who also recently passed away from the same cancer as the other guy's father. Woof. According to psychiatric psychiatrist Bernard Beatman, a professor of psychiatry and neural behavioral sciences and a coincidence researcher, it's like that's his hobby or I'm not sure. <laughs> he says it's synchronicities, indicators of an invisible network that connects everyone and everything. Beatman suspects humans transmit some unobserved energetic information, which other people then process or organize into emotion and behavior. Just as sharks have ampullae in their skin that detect small electromagnetic changes to help them locate their prey. It's plausible, maybe even probable, that humans have similar mechanisms that detect coincidences, he says. Mm-hmm. Which is like, yeah, it's possible. Yeah, I've I've heard and read like the the theory of attraction, which right. is like super super cliche and overdone. Yeah, ever seen that silly little documentary and book called The Secret? I haven't watched it, but it's yeah, it's it's pretty like yeah. Wah, 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 yeah. Wah. You can change the fate of your destiny by blah, 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 By blah, simply blah. just thinking yes. good thoughts. Yes. But the idea is that similar to all the wavelengths and rays that I've been talking about, that your thoughts, because they're electromagnetic in your brain, yeah. still will have uh, an effect on other, on other yeah. things, yeah. right? Um, and so similar to, like you said, like the sixth sense yeah. would be um, being able to read mm. and acknowledge and accept those kinds of uh, yeah. things. I mean, there's not nothing to it, you know? Well, like, there's, there's not something to it. That's the only thing. Is that like, there's not nothing, but there's not something. Yeah, there's, but yeah, but that alone is like, maybe there's something. If there's not nothing, yeah. there's something, kind of. Uh-huh. Anyway, um, but the most likely explanation is a combination of our brain's need to seek patterns and order yeah. and just plain old math. Yep. Uh, a 2015 study published in New Ideas in Psychology reported that coincidences are an inevitable consequence of the mind searching for causal structure in reality. That search for structure is a mechanism that allows us to learn and adapt to our environment constantly. Like we require that skill. Yep. Or anybody who functions well in society requires that skill. The very definition of coincidence relies on us picking out similarities and patterns. Once we spot a regularity, we learn something about what events go together and how likely they are to occur. 
But it's not only recognizing the pattern that makes it a coincidence. It's also the meaning we ascribe to the pattern, mm. especially meaning um, that meaning that pre- provides solace or clarification. Yeah. So when we see an unusual configuration, we think it must hold some significance, that it must be special. Yet most statisticians argue that unlikely occurrences happen frequently because there are so many opportunities for surprising events to happen. Yes. So the time I, you go – sorry, go ahead. No, I, I think when it comes to coincidences and stuff like that, I think it's – statistically they happen. Yeah. But you have to be the kind of person to look for them to recognize them. Yeah. It's like the idea like you bought a new car. You've never seen that car in your life, but the second you own it, you now see it everywhere. It's like my license plate is – JCS? No, no, that's my old license. Oh, J J E F. It's J J F. It's Jeff. Um, so your old one is J C S. It is. Yeah. So the time you go on eBay to buy a license plate that has a crazy resemblance and significance of dates to you, but every other time you went on eBay, nothing of significance happened. So it's only a matter of time before one of your eBay purchases has some sort of significance or coincidence. But you have to be looking for it. Yes. In order for it to be there. Right. Likewise, for me and my song thing. That I mentioned earlier. Like, I'm yeah. a musician. I play shows and music all day long. Yeah. Like, some days I probably play, like, 75 to 100 songs if I have, like, if I teach for a few hours and have a gig, right? So, it's only a matter of time before a song comes on that I ha- never heard or heard ages ago and go, oh, I haven't heard that in so long. And then I show up somewhere and it's playing. Yeah. Because also, everywhere you go, music is playing. Yes. Right? So, it's, again, it's, like, it's just a situation that's... Yeah. That statistically is bound to happen. It's going to happen eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it takes us back to the classic example of the room of 23 people. There's just over a 50-50 chance two people will share the same birthday. If you're at a party with about 20 people and you meet a stranger there and you get to talking and discover you have the same birthday, you'll be like, oh my God, look how many people are at this party and we have the same birthday? That's insane. How many parties have you been to where no one has had your birthday? Yeah. Right? So most of us would view that as like inexplicable coincidence, but mathematical law suggests random events just are bound to happen. Mm-hmm. Any meaning we attribute to them all is in our heads. Uh, my sister and her husband have the same birthday. Ooh. Yep. That's like uh, Sarah and Dave Halliday have the same last name and the same birthday. Yeah. Like. Just wacky. They had no other choice but to get married. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, going back to the license plate, like he had he instead been the full date of his father's birth or his mother's birth or his own birth or some combination of any of those things, then it would have been striking to him mm-hmm. because of the amount of things in our daily lives that operate numerically. Yeah. Right? Numbers and dates tend to have high probability for coincidence because there are so many options that you can go, oh, yeah. this is my birthday or this is the day my dad died or that's the day my mom was born or my sister or – Yeah, this the is day their that... third anniversary. Exactly. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? There's so many opportunities. And of course – we can reason things out and make things fit. So in the license plate example, um, this guy who wrote the article about it was like, there's one number he's like that didn't really fit that he sort of forced to fit. So he reasoned it as the month of his dad's birth. The number was the first number, number one. He was like, well, my dad was born in October, which is the 10th month. So the one came from that. Mm. Or maybe as a romantic, you could decode 143 as shorthand for I love you because the number of letters in each word. But like one is in 10, 143 with that logic could mean I hate you. Yeah. Right? And that's the predisposition of those who want to see coincidence. The brain sees a pattern that does not exist, right? People who describe themselves as religious or spiritual are much more connected to the world around them. And those are seeking meaning or in distress and searching for signs are more likely to experience coincidence. Yep. So there's a full book about the human race that if religion didn't actually exist, or not religion, sorry, if like God or whatever whatever you believe in, if that actually 100% does not exist... Mm-hmm humans would still create something like it. Yeah, absolutely. That just in, like, And it's very interesting. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, but yeah, and people who are more likely to be surprised by coincidences are more likely to believe in the paranormal as well. So then I have, for fun, a list of his- historical coincidences. Are, are some of them bullshit? They are not. Oh, they're all factual. They're all factual. Good. Um, because I just like sort of shit on fate and coincidence for 20 minutes. Yeah. Here's some that I was just like, but also these, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Okay. So number one, less than a year before John Wilkes Booth killed Abraham Lincoln, Booth's brother Edwin saved the life of Lincoln's eldest son, Robert. Pause. Bing, bing, bing. What? So the guy who killed Abraham Lincoln, yep. his brother saved Abe Lincoln's son. The year Why? Before. Well, none of them knew each other. Just They just happened to be oh, the same place yeah, at the same yeah. time. We talked about that, didn't we? I don't think so. We did briefly. Didn't we talk about how it was the theater and that he was an actor? We talked about... Uh, um... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <coughs> I want to do, do Abe Lincoln in general because I don't know why yes, 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 yes. I mean, other than he's a president. Like, I don't know why he's like the best president. Yeah, we should circle back. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Robert Lincoln, this is number two. He was on the scene for not one, not two, but three presidential assassinations. Who? Robert Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln's son? Correct. Which is actually 75% of all... Assassinations. Pres- yes. Wow. Only four presidents have been assassinated. He was there for James A. Garfield, William and McKinley, and of course his father, Abraham Lincoln. He wasn't president at JFK's because he would have been like 130, but he was there for every other one. Wow. That's crazy. That is you know, He was obviously in that circle, but like he's the one guy who was there at all of them. Yep. You know? Man. Um, Mark Twain... Mm-hmm. came into the world with Halley's Comet, and as he predicted, went out with it as well. Halley's Comet returns to Earth's vicinity about every 75 years, give or take a bit of gra- gravitational pull. It flew across the sky on November 30th, 1835, in Florida, Missouri. Didn't know there was a Florida in Missouri. When Mark Twain was born. And 74 years later, Twain died of a heart attack on April 21st, 1910, the morning after Halley's Comet emerged from the far side of the sun. Wow. Yep. That's crazy, too. That's crazy. There's also there's a weird phenomenon about people, like like the will to live, mm. like people like who because are he wanted to go out with Haley's comment. So like yeah, it, now heart attack is a little bit of a stretch. Like as a full healthy person, just having a heart attack. Well, this is true. But like if someone is like, for lack of better words, on their deathbed, and they're like, you're about to go anytime, but cousin, their birthday is coming up yeah, in or, like three days, or Christmas or cousin Margaret's coming and she wants to see you before you pass. Yeah, they hang, hang on. on. Yeah. And it's like yeah. there's a strange amount of people who pass right after New Year's. Oh yeah. Yep. They make it to the my, New Year or my, or like uh, Boxing Day. Yeah. My great grandmother died in January after uh-huh. Christmas. My grandmother died Christmas Eve oh. one year, and my grandfather died Thanksgiving Monday. Gone for Thanksgiving weekend. We all got drove to Grand Bank, yep. came back from there, and yep. got a call two hours later being like he just died. We're like, Turn around and go back. Oh, man. Yep. Um, number four. Violet Jessup, coined as Miss Unsinkable, was aboard three mm. gigantic sister ships, the Olympic, the Britannic, and the Titanic, all of which sunk. She lived to tell the tale in every situation. Wait, wait, wait. It's a person? It's a person. Violet Jessup. And she was deemed the unsinkable. She Miss, was on all mi- three. She was Miss Unsinkable. She's well, on the Olympic, the Britannic, and the Titanic. All three sunk. She, she survived. She should have been called the undrownable. Because she sunk all three times, but she just didn't drown. Well, she didn't sink. She got on a life raft. I guess she didn't get wet, did she? She probably got a little wet. Mm. Like her toe touched the water. Yeah. But also, like, also just says, like, 
after the first time, she's like, okay, well, I know what to do when a ship and a boat's sinking. No, I say that when the first time it happened, there was so much anxiety and stress and like, what do I do? What do I do? What do I yeah. do? She survived. She's grateful. On the Titanic, apparently, she was like just getting people in lifeboats. I was going to say, the second time around, she was like, yeah. I can't believe this is happening again. It's like yeah. PTSD. Yeah. What do I do? Panic, panic, panic. Figure this out. By the third one, yeah. she was like... Oh geez, there's only 15 minutes in. There's only three feet of water, honey. We got another 45 minutes before the water gets <laughs> yeah. up to our knees. Like, We're all right. Yeah. yeah. Um, number five. You might know this one. I think I sort of knew this one. Uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this correctly, so apologies. Tsutomu Yamaguchi, the man who survived two atomic bombs. He was in Hiroshima on a business trip on you August 6th, stop 1945, it. when the bomb dropped. He saw the bomb falling. He survived. By August 9th, three days later, he was home in Nagasaki, where the second bomb fell. Despite double radiation exposure, he lived to be 93. <gasps> he died of stomach cancer at 93. Wow. He was there. I got chills. Ah! Imagine. Both. He went home. He was in a business trip. Bomb drops. Goes home. Survives it. And then a bomb drops on his city. <sighs> Can't imagine. Uh, number six, two twins separated at only four weeks old, apart from apart for 37 years, are reunited. Both are named Jim. Both love math and carpentry. Both pursued careers in security. They both married women named Linda. Divorced, remarried women named Betty. They each had a son. One was named James Allen with two L's. One was named James Allen with one L. You stop Honest to God, there's a picture of them. That is the best thing I've ever heard. Yep. I wonder... But like, again, like... For, cons- for conspiracy's sake, I yeah. wonder if, like, halfway through that timeline of ridiculous coincidences, that they were like, hey, do you realize the similarities of our life? Let's just No, they didn't doing- meet. They didn't know each other. No, but they were they- separated at birth. But they did. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Well, there's also weird stuff with twins, right? Like, when their they're brains like- are sort of linked in a way. When they were, like, 28, they, like, somehow found each other, and they were like, hey. Let's make this happen. So let's let's just be really funny. Right. No, no. I don't think that happened. And then by the end, they're like, okay, let's call him Joseph Allen. And then one of them was just stupid and forgot the second L. And they're like, God damn it, Jim. What did we just say? Two L's. Number seven, Stephen Hawking died on March 14th, 2019. Einstein's birthday. Third mention of Einstein this episode. Galileo's death day. And Pi Day, when the date reads 314. Interesting date for him to die. Interesting day for him to die. Right? Similar to, I think it's like the will to live, like that kind of. He wasn't waiting for Pi Day to die. Mm, are we sure? Also, it's insane. It's also just insane that he lived with Lou Gehrig's disease. For as long as he for, did. He died at like 74. Mm-hmm. Um, number eight, the odds of being killed by a meteor are one in 1,600,000. And yet. A meteor flying through space for more than four and a half billion years without hitting a target would hit the home of a family with the last name Comet. <laughs> that happened. No way. Yes, it did. That is amazing. They all survived. Oh. Number 10. This one's messed. 10-year-old Laura Buxton released a red balloon in her front yard. On it, she wrote, please return to Laura Buxton. It traveled 140 miles south before descending and landing in the yard of another 10-year-old girl named Laura Buxton. The girls got in contact and met up. Both had three-year-old chocolate labs, a gray rabbit, and a guinea pig. Both brought their guinea pigs to the meeting, unplanned. No! Yes! I don't Returned believe it. to Laura Buxton. The loon was like, all right, bye. All right, on the way. <laughs> 
140 miles. That is shocking. Yep. Number 10. Evan Smith donated a pair of dress shoes that he loved to Valu Village. Valu Village. Three years later, he returned to Valu Village looking for a pair of shoes like those ones he loved so much. But he had worn the heels out on because it was before he had inserts and his feet are really messed up. He buys the same pair of shoes. <laughs> they are not comfortable, as he should have known, because that's why he got rid of them in the first place. Later, he returns them again. <laughs> I guess he later donates them and is out 35 bucks. Bought them. Paid for them I know. two times. Both times. <laughs> I paid for the same pair of shoes twice. That is the greatest story. I mean, I think I knew they weren't going to be, but they also click really nicely. Like, like, like when you're walking? When I used to work at Spirit, Kara and Paul used to call me Boots, because they could hear me coming. Ugh. But like, because they didn't have inserts, like the heels were so warm, but they were an awesome shoe. Mm. I loved that shoe. Mm. So I was like, when I saw it, I was like, I had to buy it. And I did. I paid $16 from the second time, <laughs> which is a considerable discount. Did you, did you donate them the third time? Yeah, I brought them back. Yeah. How, how soon after? Oh. Did you re-wear I, I, I them? Wore, yeah, I wore them two or three times and my back could not take it. Why didn't you just put new insoles into them? I did. I put my inserts in them, and they but still the heels weren't. were just messed, right? Mm. Like the heels were on a like forty-five. Yeah, um, yeah. Anyway, so listeners, that's the end of that. But send us in some crazy coincidences yeah. or situations that happened to you uh, that you felt was like fate, destiny, coincidence. Yeah, I, I think we would just love to hear them. Yeah, I think the crazier the story, the better. Really, and we all have like something. Do you have one like a crazy coincidence that happened to you? I know it's hard on the spot. It's very hard on the spot. Anyway, keep it in mind. I will. Because I'm sure there are a bunch. I'm sure. Yeah. Statistically speaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, cool. So mine is also a little send-in. Yeah. Um, she didn't actively send it in, even though I told her to. Um, but we talked no, I, about I it. I also told her to. Yeah. Yeah. She's we, like, oh, I need to send that in. I was like, yeah, we're not doing it if you don't. No, but we did anyway. Oh, we are. Yeah. Um, but I think it was a really great um, topic. It is about caffeine. Fun fact. Well, not fun fact. No. Question for you. Yes. You're about to do your topic, but you just took off your glasses. I don't know why I did that. Oh, okay. Yeah. I I figured it's better if I can't read what I'm saying. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, is it far away things that you want to be seeing right now? No, it's it's weird. My eyes are weird. Okay. That like sometimes they get irritated when I don't have them on. And sometimes they're irritated if I do have them on. Right. And my depth perception is really off. Right. And you were just looking at me for like 35 minutes. Yeah. So I'm not like, now I got to change. And it's weird. Like if I'm golfing or playing sports. You need to buy vocal, Poppy. (laughs) (laughs) Or like put them on the edge of my nose so I can see you and then see the page. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Um... This one was sent in by Miranda McDonald. Well, we use the word sent in lightly because she didn't. No, but it, it spawned, it, it came from, we were doing the Christmas show and we were sitting down chatting and I cracked open an energy drink mm. because... As you tend to do on times. Yeah. Yes, because it was the Black Friday weekend at work and we were opening up a new Christmas show for myself. So it was, it was a stressful long weekend and I needed every yeah. bit of energy that I could find. Yeah. And she said, oh, Jeff. What are you thinking? That those are terrible for you. And I said, no, they're not as bad as you think they are. And then we right. got into a dispute about it. And she said, you know what? You need to talk about caffeine. I said, you know what? Send it in. Yeah. And you know what she didn't do? Send it in. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious whether you were proving yourself right with this or proving yourself wrong. So I proved myself right in certain aspects. Okay. But there are things that I thought I knew that I didn't. Okay. Yeah. So that checks out. Yeah. 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 Uh, so caffeine is a central nervous system stimulant of methyl xanthine. 
Yeah, methylxanthine. That wasn't okay. bad. No. Um, Is that the it, word you were worried about? Yeah, methylxanthine. Oh, not bad. No. Way worse than that. Yeah. Uh, it is the world's most wildly, uh, widely sorry, consumed psychoactive drug. Psychoactive. Psychoactive. Unlike many other psychoactive substances, it is legal, unregulated in almost all parts of the world. Unregulated? Yep. You can put however much caffeine you want and stuff? Is that what you mean by unregulated? Unregulated as in like... Uh, well, no. The FDA will only approve certain things. Oh. What I mean by unregulated is like... You it's can have not it. sold by a separate commission like liquor. Sure. Right. Caffeine is a bitter, white, crystalline purine, a methylxanthine alkaloid. It is found in seeds, nuts, or leaves of a number of plants native to Africa, East Asia, and South America, and helps to protect them against herbivory and from competition by preventing the germination of nearby seeds. Oh. Mm. The most well-known source of caffeine is in the coffee bean, the seed of the coffea plant. Coffea plant. Coffea. Coffea. People may drink beverages containing caffeine to relieve or prevent drowsiness and to improve cognitive performance. To make these drinks, caffeine is extracted by steeping the plant product in water, a process called infusion. Mm. Caffeine-containing drinks such as coffee, tea, and cola are very popular. As of 2014, <laughs> yeah. As of 2014, 85% of American adults consumed some form of caffeine daily, consuming 164 milligrams on average. Yeah, I would be in the 15%. There are many days I consume zero caffeine. Uh, I disagree. I think you'd be very surprised. You consume more caffeine than you think. In Caffeine's what? in more things than you think they are. Well, like what? Uh, chocolate. Um, I don't have chocolate every day. No, um, no, not every day. Um, there are certain um, foods and fruits that actually have caffeine in them. Really? Yep, like minuscule amounts. Yeah, but still. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the world consumes over 260 million pounds of caffeine every year. Sure. That's a statistic that means nothing to me. Mm. Other than like it's a large number. Yeah, it's a large number. But like you could have said any number. I'm like, whoa. Well, think of like a granule. Think how heavy like... Like, because like I said, it's like a powder. Think yeah. of how much powder weighs. Yeah. And 260 million pounds of it. Yeah. Most are extracted from coffee or tea, mm. uh, but there's a bunch of other natural resources. These include two South African plants, the Yerba Mate and the Gorana. Gorana. I've seen that word before, I think. Yeah. Gorana. Yeah. You see it a lot of like, in a lot of those drinks and stuff. Uh, there's also oh, like energy drinks, energy drinks, and um, like like you'll always see like those cold brew drinks at oh yeah, yeah, yeah. like guarana juice yeah G U A R A N A guarana. There's also guarana. Co- I hardly even gonzer. Hardly even wants to. Mm. We'll we'll uh, we'll yeah. work on it. Yeah, we'll edit it. Uh, there's also the cola nut, which is native to the Western and Central African uh, region, uh, which a lot of people chew on. Oh, like a chewing tobacco kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, like a chew, chewy becky. So, obviously, everybody knows what caffeine is. Everybody drinks coffee. Everybody understands those things. So, how does caffeine actually work? What does it do? Sure. Uh, basically, it tricks your mind and your brain into thinking that you're not tired. That's all it does. Into thinking that you are. It doesn't actually give you energy. Well, it does in the way of it tells your brain to right. not be tired. Yeah. It's kind of like the reverse. Right. So caffeine, also known as 1,3,7-trimethylxanthine, is actually similar in structure to the naturally occurring molecules in our body called adenosine. Okay. 
Adenosine bonds to receptor cells in the brain, which in turn has a calming effect on the entire nervous system, which makes us feel tired. Oh. What caffeine does is it blocks those receptors in the brain before adenosine can get in there. So instead of calming the nerve cells, caffeine stimulates them, causing increases in heart rate, blood pressure, alertness, and delaying the onset of fatigue. Oh. Do you remember like grade 12 science? Like bio thirty two oh one where they talk about the receptors and bio onset and offset of stimuli and stuff like that. No. That almost every single receptor has like a negative reciprocal where like they'll combat against one another. And if one sometimes one wins. Yeah. Right. And then when that wins, that's what happens. Right. So like dopamine, serotonin, melatonin, caffeine, right. like all of these are in constant competition right. for the receptors in your nerves. Right. Now some of them don't have to compete against each other. Right. But like these two, so caffeine and adenosine, right. will compete against each other. Mm. So the more caffeine is there, they will there and you will not get tired. Right. You don't have any caffeine, adenosine works and you went that kind of thing, right? right? So uh, caffeine takes roughly about 30 to 60 minutes to peak after first intake. Yeah. It has a half-life in your body for about six hours. Okay. So roughly within six hours, you feel half of its effect. Yeah. Uh, although caffeine is deemed addictive and people state, oh, I can't live without my coffee. Uh, the symptoms of withdrawal are actually not severe enough to constitute caffeine as an addictive substance. Right. Nor do they actually activate the same brain reward circuits the same way other addictive substances and behaviors do. Okay. Withdrawal symptoms will last a few days or up to a week at most right. and include irritability, headaches, trouble sleeping, and in cases, anxiety or depression. Right. But after a week, you're... You're fine. Golden. Yeah. Sometimes it could be like a couple of weeks depending right. on your, your addiction right. or, or like dependency. Yeah. Easier to quit than meth, is your point. As one would say. Yeah. Like a- as the expression goes. As the expression well, is easier to quit than meth. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Um, but like people who are like severely addicted to alcohol, yes. When they come off of it, they're like, No, 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 you can't do cold turkey. You will yeah, die. They get the shakes and the yeah, you yeah, will yeah, die. No, yeah. no, you'll die. Yeah. It's like, no, with coffee, they're like, go cold turkey. The next yeah. week is going to suck. Yeah. You'll just get headaches and be yeah. irritable. Yeah. And be like, I'm tired. <laughs> um, I'm a little tired. We'll first have a nap. The vice of results. Caffeine can have both positive and negative health effects. Mm-hmm. It can treat and prevent the premature infant breathing disorders, bronchiopulmonary dysplasia, and apnea of prematurity. If you give your child caffeine? I'm thinking like like a droplet of it. I think. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, Caffeine citrate uh, is on the World Health Organization's model list of essential medicines. Oh. Yeah. It may confer a modest protective effect against some diseases, including Parkinson's disease. Some people experience sleep disruption or anxiety if they consume caffeine, but others show little disturbance. Yeah. Some people use caffeine-containing beverages, such as coffee or tea, to try to treat their asthma. Which is news to me. Seriously? Yeah. Evidence to support this practice, however, is kind of poor. Okay. It appears that caffeine improves <laughs> air. like Uncle James was like, honest to God, buy a cup of coffee a, a day. I don't coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it appears that caffeine improves airway function in people with asthma, increasing forced expiratory volume, FEV1, by 5% to 18%, with this effect lasting up for a few hours. Okay. 
The addition of caffeine, which is 100 to 130 milligrams, give or take, to commonly prescribed pain relievers, uh, like ibuprofen. Mod- caffeine and ibuprofen? Oh, yeah. Modestly improves the proportion um, of people who achieve pain relief. So if you see a lot of, uh, there are actually, like, you know, they have like drowsy and non-drowsy uh-huh. and they all like for a lot of, um, like cold and sinus. Non-drowsy has caffeine. What you're saying? Yeah. Some of them do. And also there's oh. ones that have like a lot of acetaminophen and ibuprofen will actually have Advil in it or sorry, actually have uh, caffeine in it. Interesting. Well, then I frequently have caffeine because I have an Advil liquid gel like once a day. I don't know if there's actually in Advil liquid gel, right. cap, but like, I think a lot of times caffeine is nice. Interesting. Caffeine is a central nervous system stimulant that reduces fatigue and drowsiness. At normal doses, caffeine has variable effects on learning and memory, but it generally improves reaction time, wakefulness, concentration, and motor coordination. Motor. Motor. The amount of caffeine needed to produce these effects varies from person to person, depending on body size and degree of tolerance and yada, yada, yada. Right. So the average recommended caffeine amount for adults... Do you have any perception of what that would be? Uh, if I were to guess, I would say no more than two cups of coffee a day. I mean, I can't tell you in milligrams. No. Well, that, that was my question. So, okay, let's let's say it's two cups of coffee. Okay. How many milligrams do you think are in a cup of coffee? Uh, I mean, I'm literally guessing. Yeah, ballpark. A hundred? Let me, let me, Red Bull, a can of Red Bull. Yeah. I'll give you a point of reference. Okay. Can of Red Bull has 80 milligrams of caffeine in it. 80? Eight zero. How much does one 16-ounce cup of coffee have? 60, 50 or 60. Okay. Um, so then by your theory, 100 to 120 milligrams is the recommended dosage per day. Sure. Sure. Uh, you're incorrect. It's lower. Uh, it's way higher. Oh, so the recommended? A- the average, like not recommended, like not, no, not everyone no, 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 should no, no, do no. this, but like you shouldn't have more than it. Yes, yes. Okay. So the average recommended caffeine amount for adults is to stay under four hundred milligrams. Wow. Per day, which, which is about is like four Red Bull, Red Bull, more than four Red Bull, more than four Red Bull. Holy Five point seven milligrams per kilogram of body weight. Okay. Uh, women who are pregnant or are trying uh, to become pregnant and those who are breastfeeding should obviously talk to their doctors yeah. uh, about limiting caffeine, but to use less than one to 200 milligrams. Right. Okay. Yeah. Because I remember when Tiffany was pregnant, she can have, she used to have one cup of coffee a day. Yeah. Yeah. Caffeine isn't recommended for children under 12. No. <laughs> although occasionally some doctors may actually recommend caffeine for children diagnosed with ADHD. Oh. Generally, though, there is really no reason for children under 12 to consume caffeine. No. Children four or older, you know, occasionally have caffeinated soda or chocolate. Right. You know, it poses no threats to them around that 45 milligram per day. And presumably soda has a fair amount less than a coffee. Yes. Yes. That that 45 milligram range. Yeah. Age 13 to 18, developmenting, developmenting. Developing nice. teens uh, should have no more than 100 milligrams of caffeine daily. Okay. Due to the importance of sleep, mm. brain development, uh, their inexperience with caffeine, yeah. and possibly unknown medical conditions. It's like a couple of cans of Pepsi is all you should have. Pepsi. A couple of Mountain Dews. Mm. Um, which comes close to about 2.5 milligrams per kilogram of body weight. Okay. So because caffeine is a stimulant, it increases the heart rate as well as blood pressure. 
Don't I know it? Mm. Therefore, those with heart arrhythmias, murmurs, and hypertension should limit their caffeine intake, obviously. Don't I know it? It's important to note that caffeine hasn't been proven to cause arrhythmias, heart disease, or any other heart-related problem. Well, I got a story that could prove it. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Jeff got a story that could prove it, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I told that story last night, strangely enough. The first time I've told that story in probably a solid, like, 18 months. It's been a while. And I told it last night. What a coincidence! What are the odds, Jeff? About 50% of were, birthdays in a room. Is it because you were talking about caffeine? Uh-uh. Oh. No. We were talking about weird things. Oh. And that was on the anyway, top of my list of weird things. It's a story that we'll tell another time. Yeah. We need a full 45-minute episode yeah, we do. for that. But Evan ends up at the hospital. Jeff is there. It's a magical night. It's a... Mm, that sounds weird. That makes it sound like we had a child. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Those with pre-existing arrhythmias, murmurs, and hypertension should limit caffeine to no more than 200 milligrams daily and are advised to consult their physician before consuming caffeine. Mm -hmm. In 2018, a review of scientific journal articles, researchers identified 92 reported deaths from caffeine overdose. Really? Yeah, but like of all time. No, I know, but I just, the fact that anyone died from caffeine overdose. This review included all journals since online databases began. Okay. The researchers believe that around one-third of these deaths were also likely to be suicide. Ah, okay. So, let's just talk about that. Okay. So, with a daily recommended dose of 400 milligrams, mm-hmm. or under 400 milligrams, yeah. what do you think the actual amount of caffeine is necessary to overdose? Uh, well, I feel like the daily doses, they usually do like a pretty healthy number. Yeah. So, like, you gotta, like, more than double, for sure. It's like trampoline weight. They're like, we recommend not having more than two people at a capacity of 200 pounds. Yeah. You have like, like five people. Each one of you are 600 pounds. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> have no more than two Tylenol. I'm like, I'll have six. <laughs> so that combined with alcohol. Yeah. Too bad I had a glass of wine. <laughs> Hashtag bottle. Um, I would say like three or four times. So what would you say the original was? So 400. So like 1,600. 1,600. So that's 1.6 grams. Okay. That's how math works. Sure. Right. Um, So to overdose on caffeine, you would have to either inject directly into your body 3.9 grams of caffeine straight into your bloodstream or consume or swallow 10 grams, which is like 10,000 milligrams. So you could, hundred you cups could, of coffee. You couldn't do that. Yeah. You couldn't no. do it with coffee. No, your, your, ba- your, your stomach would not be able to no. hold that much liquid. Right. right. That is a lot. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Then that yeah. checks out. Yeah. So in conclusion, caffeine itself by itself is actually, if taken appropriately, can actually be beneficial. Right. Okay. It is considered an acceptable and safe, safe stimulant that is considered the most popular psychoactive drug around the world. So if this is the case... Why are people freaking out about energy drinks all the time? It's a good question. It's a great question. So I think it's because like the world is like they're well. When I say the world, I mean the moms of the world. The moms like they're bad for you. You shouldn't have them. Yeah. So there's a couple of things I want to note about energy drinks. Okay. So most energy drinks actually contain less caffeine than most cups of coffee. But do they contain more bad stuff? Let's dive in. Okay. So the average energy drink ranges from eighty to two hundred milligrams. How much is in a cup of coffee again? I haven't told you yet. Oh. On purpose, I haven't told you Oh, yet. oh, okay. Yeah. So 80 milligrams is one of the lowest I have ever seen other than Red Rain. Red Rain has 60 milligrams. Which is like a little more than a pop. Which is little more than a cup of tea. Because you said a pop is 45, right? Some, no, no, no. It's for, 
45 was the recommended dosage for children. Like no more oh, than 45. Oh, I thought you were saying the cola was No, 45. some cola could be. I'll dive into okay. that. Okay. Um, but uh, some of them are very low. Red Bull, which everyone's like, Red Bull is terrible for you. Yeah. Red Bull is actually the most conservative of caffeine at 80 milligrams. And it's also a smaller amount. Like it's a smaller can. Like those, like sure, but you know when you mean? look at when you look at like concentration per volume, it's also the lowest. Right. Um, monsters, rock stars usually range around 120 to 180. Okay. The, with the highest being at 200 milligrams. Okay. Uh, with energy drinks, they are often very sweet yeah. and served cold and carbonated, yeah. uh, which would therefore increase the rate of consumption as opposed or the rate of consumption like how fast someone drinks it okay as opposed to a hot cup of coffee right which is often sipped and taken slowly think of it like alcohol taking a shot versus sipping on it yeah so the quicker intake of the caffeine also affects the body's reaction to it okay energy drinks are also and this is the big one for me anyways like why i think they're so bad or why people think they're so bad is because they're often marketed to young people Mm. and that it is the biggest danger. They are marketed for people who often live stagnant lives. Right. And kind of, for lack of better words, sit around and play video games. Right. Do you know what I mean? Um, and ver- and lead very unhealthy lifestyles. Right. Um, so because of this, with a younger audience base, the 80 to 200 milligrams per can becomes a lot more dangerous. Right. Because the versus- max they should have is 200. Exactly. Right. And because they taste great and they're carbonated, they're easy to drink. They'll have a couple. They could have a couple. Yeah. Right? Uh, so because it is also more readily available in every single convenience store at a reasonable cost, yeah. everybody is drinking them. Right. And young people, and this is the biggest one, with undiscovered underlying health risks, they're exposed. Right. And this is where you hear the horror stories because they haven't—they're old enough to discover that they have a, a heart defect or yeah. like. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like imagine yourself, yeah. like with with what you have, yeah. uh, which we'll talk about on another episode. <laughs> um, well, I don't really have anything, which we'll also talk about another episode. Sure. But, go on. Um, but imagine you being like twelve and yeah. be, all your friends buying three rock stars and just drinking them. Yeah. Like God knows what could have happened. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And that's the re- like people—you don't know those things until you're old enough to figure that out. Yeah. Um. Also, a big concern when it comes to energy drinks is, and this is this is the funniest part actually, is that in all the research I've done about caffeine and energy drinks and what's bad, one of the biggest things people talk about is the sugar in them. Oh, sugar! We talked about sugar. We talked about, and we will continue to talk about sugar. Like yeah. that is what people are considering the worst part of energy drinks. Right? How high the sugar intake is, and how bad it is for people drinking sugar. Um, Which is like, is that not counterproductive? Because doesn't sugar make you crash eventually? Uh, yeah, it, sugar does. Yes. Right. But sugar attributes to the taste, which helps yes. sell it. Right. Right. Um, so. Outside of the classic caffeine and sugar, there are a lot of other things in energy drinks as well, which I'm not going to go super into detail about right now, but there's a lot of um, L-citrulline, taurine, beta alanine. uh, There's a high percentage of B12s. Um, So additional supplements are the kind of things that people are freaking out about. So just a quick little touch on taurine. Taurine is actually not a stimulant. It's an amino acid. Okay. Which we talked about before, which are proteins. Right. Uh, that occur naturally within your body. Okay. Uh, amino acids are the building blocks of protein. The body uses proteins to grow and repair tissues. Taurine occurs naturally in certain foods such as meat and fish. Oh. It is also added ingredient in some energy drinks. 
Taurine plays a role in several essential body functions, such as regulating calcium levels in certain cells, balancing electrolytes in the body, supporting the development of the nervous system, uh, and as a 2012 review notes, a lack of taurine in the body may actually lead to a range of health complications, mm. including kidney dysfunction, developmental disorders, damage to eye tissues, cardiomyopathy, uh, which is significant risk for heart failure. Okay. So then people go, well, there's just a lot of it. There's a lot of it. Well, guess what? The daily recommended intake for taurine is 1.6 to 4 grams per day. Okay. The majority of energy drinks have 2,000 milligrams, which is right in the middle of the recommended dosage. Okay. But that's now implying that you're not getting taurine from any other part of your diet. Right. L-citrulline, beta-alanine, citrulline malate, B12 vitamins are all forms of different vitamins or minerals that all contribute as stimulants in relation and conjunction with caffeine. Okay. So some of them are branched-chain amino acids that help with muscle development and can improve cognitive development. Right. The issue is, is that all of these stimulants combined can have these adverse reactions. So it's not okay. just the caffeine. The citrulline malate will also be a little right. bit of a stimulant and give you a kick as well. And each one of them contribute to different ways, um, but not to the severity is what people think. And is it like, is the issue like, that's not so bad that they are all contributing or whatever, but it's like, it's, it's the coming down from it? No, it's not coming down from it. Oh. The biggest issue is that energy drinks are tailored and marketed to children. Right. Not children, but like, but like pre-teens. teens. Teens, pre And people yeah. who are young. And it's and it's easy to drink, and they're fast and readily available. And because of that, yeah, that's where you see the horror stories. Right. If they were like coffee is not an enticing thing for a thirteen-year-old. No, Tim no. Hortons isn't like, hey, fourteen-year-old, want a double double? No. Yeah. But that's the thing is yeah. is that energy drinks. If right. energy drinks were marketed for like thirty-year-old, yeah. like Th- yeah, businessmen, then it's like yeah. it doesn't matter. The whole visual marketing is like this is a cool young thing. Yeah. So it's that's what it is, yeah. and I think that's the danger. The danger right. is is that there's no danger. There is danger, like in anything in yes. high consumption. Yeah. Um, to adults, but to young people, it isn't. Um, now I know I'm rambling, but there is something I want to talk about, which okay. is the caffeine chart. Okay. Which is to give you an idea of how much caffeine is actually in some of the things that we consume. Okay. And this is what blew my mind because... A cup of coffee is higher than you think. Well, so I knew a cup of coffee was high. Okay. I knew that most energy drinks had less caffeine right. than some of the coffee that I drink. Right. One thing that blew my mind, I thought the actual um, lethal dosage of caffeine was 1,000 milligrams. Right. It is... 10 grams, which is 10,000 milligrams. Right. So I was completely off on that. Okay. But let's just dive in. Okay. Okay. So Starbucks has one of the most highest caffeine intakes of any coffee on the market. I believe it. It's literal crack cocaine. Yeah. It's shocking. It does not surprise me at all that they are the most popular coffee chain on the world, in the world. Um, So... Knowing the 80 milligrams for Red Bull and 160 for Rockstars and Monsters, where would you say a 16-ounce, which is a cup, Mm. of Starbucks Blonde Roast coffee would sit? 16 being like a medium, medium coffee. Like at Starbucks, they wouldn't call it a medium. They call it like an Ariana Grande. An Ariana Grande. Um, Okay, so obviously more than the 160. Okay. So like... 300? 360. Wow. So double. (laughs) 
More that's than double. a lot. More than double. Okay. That's a lot. So Starbucks Pike Place is 310. The Nitro Cold Brew is... Which one is the most? The Blonde? Blonde Roast. Okay. Blonde Roasts uh, and Light Roasts are because the the bean is cooked less. Right. So the caffeine yeah, doesn't burn off. because this is a common misconception where like the Tim Hortons Dark Roast, everybody's like, there's more caffeine in that. No. There's less caffeine in no. that. No. If people like yeah. it because of the taste. Dark yeah. Roast is for people who like the taste of coffee. Yeah. Light Roasts are for people who like the caffeine. Yeah. Um... There's a lot of Dunkin' Donuts, but we don't care about Dunkin' Donuts. Nope. Dunkin' Donuts is a close second to Starbucks. Right. Um, Starbucks Cafe Latte or Cappuccinos are 150. Mochas are 175. Keurig K Cups are around 75 to 150. Double Shot Energy Cans are 145. Nespresso Maxwell House is 45 to 100. Folgers is 60 to 80. Um, that's insane how much less it is than Starbucks Starbucks decaf is 25 milligrams of caffeine a common cup of tea okay Uh, where do you think a normal cup of tea lies like um, I think it's more than you think I think I heard this statistic recently not the the milligrams so I feel like people are like oh I have a cup of tea instead of a cup of coffee it's like it's not much better no so a Starbucks chai latte yeah 95 milligrams. Yeah. Starbucks green tea, 80. Yeah. Uh, honest tea, organic lemon tea, 63. Uh, gold peak unsweetened tea, 47. Green tea is 28 to 38. Um, Arizona iced tea is 15. <laughs> now let's dive into soft drinks. Okay. Pepsi. 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 Zero sugar. Pepsi. Zero sugar Pepsi. Yeah, where do you think that lies? Um, okay, so your average cup of coffee, aside from Starbucks, is like hitting between, like you said, like 80, 150-ish. Yeah, that's actually a very, very concern. Like like you go into a restaurant yeah. to have a standard breakfast and you want a cup of coffee. You're getting between house or Folgers or 80 whatever. to 200. Yeah, okay. So Pepsi. Cup of Pepsi, zero sugar. Probably around 100. 115. Okay. Mountain Dew, 91. Diet Coke, 76. Uh, Coca-Cola uh, or Dr. Pepper, 71. Pepsi, uh, standard Pepsi, 69. Uh, Pepsi, 63. Diet Coke is 46. Lots of different ones there. Now let's talk energy drinks. Okay. So Bang Energy, which is a new one that just came out a little while ago. Never heard of it. No. 300 milligrams. That's a lot. It's a lot. That's pushing Starbucks. Getting close. Yeah. Not still not still there though. Still yeah. not a cup of coffee. Yeah. <laughs> like isn't that crazy? No one bets an eye at going to get a cup of coffee. Nobody. Yeah. Um Starbucks triple shot energy, two twenty-five. Five hour energies, those little wait, red. Wait, what? Starbucks triple shot energy. It's a little like thing they have. You buy in a convenience store or at Starbucks? You can buy at Starbucks. Uh well, five... you would think that'd be like, oh my god, I need all the energy. It's less than a cup of coffee. Less than a cup of uh blonde roast coffee. That's insane. Five-hour energy shots, those little yeah. small red cups, 200. Monst- really? Because like I look at those at this convenience store and I go, that's poison. No one to eat that. 200 Don't- milligrams. That's it. Less than a cup of co- blonde roast. Yes. That's crazy. Uh, Monster Energies, 160. Rockstar, 160. All these ones I'm drinking all the time, 160. Mountain Dew, uh, Kickstart, 90. Red Bull, 80. M- Red Bull is half of a monster. Yeah. I mean, it's also probably half the liquid. So it's, it's similar. It's not half the liquid, though. When we look at Red Bull, it's 8.4 ounces. Oh, no, it's exactly half. You're, you're totally correct. Right. Cool. Yep. Um, that's only nonsense. 
that's only nonsense as well. Chocolate. Yeah. Uh, chocolate candy and chocolate drinks. Oh my god. Oh, never mind. It's a full bar. <laughs> I was like six hundred milligrams. Oh my god, for the whole bar, which is what one. Bar? It, there's a Crackheads Gourmet Chocolate Coffee Caffeine. Oh, it's, okay. It's forty grams of chocolate. Right. Um. You're not eating that in a city. No. S- Starbucks hot chocolate is 25. Hershey milk chocolate kisses for nine pieces gives you 10 milligrams. Milligram a piece almost. Give like, or take. Yeah. Uh, full bar, which is 1.5 ounces, is nine milligrams. Boy, that's hilarious. Um, that's not a lot though. Nine milligrams. No, but it's more than I thought. Um, geez, there's lots of little weight pill supplements that I'm not going to get into. It's nope. just a little thing. But that's just give you perception of that. Okay. Yeah. So now let me tell you about my caffeine intake. <laughs> okay. I'm living for it. So there's pre-workout, my go-go juice that I was telling you about. Yeah. yeah. So at first I was like, man, that stuff must be off the walls. Yeah. But I realized I drink it at like 6.30 in the morning. Yeah. I'm awake for 20 minutes and it's yeah. the first thing that's in my system. Yeah. So of course it hits me like crazy. Right. Uh, but there's also a lot of other stimulants in it that kind of help out. Yeah. What do you think the average amount of caffeine is in one scoop or one serving of pre-workout? 150. 200. Okay. 200. So I start my day with 200 milligrams of caffeine. That usually gets me until just before lunch. Okay. I have my lunch. Yep. And then I start going, oh, I'm digesting my food. I'm sleepy. What do I do? Get a cup of coffee. And guess what I get? Starbucks, because it's across the street. And what do you think I get? Blonde roast. And what size do you think I get? The biggest one. The biggest one. And what do you think I add in it? A shot of espresso. A shot of espresso. (laughs) (laughs) So let's start off with the second most caffeinated thing on this chart is a grande cup of Starbucks coffee. Yeah. Which is 16 ounces. A venti is 20 ounces. Yeah. Which is an additional 90 milligrams. Okay. So my cup of coffee by itself is 450 milligrams of caffeine. Plus the shot of espresso. Which is 100 milligrams. That is 550 milligrams of caffeine. In one cup. Yep. And do you know what the best part is? I've already started my day with 200 milligrams. Yep. The worst part about the cup of coffee is I'll have about two or three sips. Yeah. I leave it in the little office that we have. Yeah. Now I usually won't touch it for about an hour or two. And you'll down it. And then I dummy it. Yeah. Then completely stim out for the rest of the day. Yeah. Then I go home, eat supper, six, seven o'clock. What do I got to do? Oh, I got to go to rehearsal. Got to go to a show or get come over to do the podcast. No, I'll have another cup of coffee. Oh, will you? I won't go to Starbucks and get that again. No. Just but I'll have it. Guess what I'll have? A Keurig K-cup of a blonde roast. <laughs> oh, no. So it is not outside the realm of possibility where I consume 1,000 milligrams of caffeine a day. Right. Which is still... Is more, more than, than two the, times the amount yeah. of the recommended dose. But like but one-tenth yeah. of the lethal dosage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In 10 days, I could kill myself. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, most days, I don't hit 1,000. Absolutely not. Yeah. But the majority of days, I at least hit 700 at the bare minimum, 750. And what's the recommended? 400? 400. Yeah. Wow. Guess what one of the symptoms of overstimulation is? Being an idiot. Peeing a lot. <laughs> yes. That's why Frequent we're always like diabetic Jeff. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I believe that. Speaking Hands of which. <laughs> break time? Yeah, break time.
Santa, Blitzen and I were playing reindeer games, and Blitzen said that moose lose their antlers in the winter after mating season, and then regrow them? That's not right, right? Well, Donner, let me start with Donner. Don't even know her. <laughs> I usually refer questions about things I should know, but don't, to Jeff and Evan. Um, Santa, who are Jeff and Evan? Donner, are you trying to say that like virtually everyone on the planet, you two have not sent in your questions to Splainin' the podcast? This is the first I'm hearing of it, Santa, but this is excellent. Perhaps they could explain why when I eat asparagus, my... <laughs> Let's save that one for the boys. If you simply email them at info.splainin at gmail.com, they can answer all of your questions. Splainin' the podcast cannot be held accountable for argument, injury, or wrongful death due to misinformation or misinterpretation. All persons and parties involved in Splainin' the podcast are not liable for breaching copyright, nor do they acknowledge standard definitions of the word fact, truth, or correct. No lawyers were present in the making of this statement. So, to round out the episode... Welcome back, first off. Well, whatever. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> to round out the episode, I have a second send-in. Yeah. It's my personal send-in, actually. It's not actually a send-in. He emailed us at infodesplain at gmail.com from infodesplain at gmail.com. Yeah, he did. It was a self-splain. Mm. So here's what I want to know. It's my personal send-in. I'm a singer. Mm-hmm. I can match pitch. But if you play a note and ask me to match it, and I suck in helium... Can I match the pitch? Ooh. Does the pitch, like with helium, like let's just say for even numbers, yeah. you know, your, your, your voice goes up a seventh. Right, exactly. So like, will I try and match it, but my voice will be higher than I anticipate? Yeah. And then, and then, or even if that's the case, will my ears kick in and do what I explained to you last week yeah. of subconsciously Adjusting. adjust and then therefore still match the pitch? So let's make some predictions. Okay. I mean, I've got, to, I've got. To, I need to explain some things to you first. Okay, go ahead. Okay. So first, an explanation on helium. We all know inhaling helium makes your voice sound high and squeaky, but why? When you talk, your vocal cords vibrate at a particular frequency or rate, and the movement of your vocal cords then pushes the air around in your voice box. That motion of air causes a sound wave. Back in the waves again. Mm. That then gets picked up by the ears of your listener. Mm -hmm. Or listeners, in the case of a podcast. Like ours. The rate of this vibration, which controls the frequency and pitch of your voice, doesn't change when you suck in helium. What does change is the sound quality of your voice. This was new to me. Sound quality? Known to musicians as timbre. I was going to say the word timbre. I was like, do you mean the timbre? Different timbres are the reason why we can distinguish between a piano and a violin playing the same note. Mm Mm-hmm. The sounds are the same pitch, but their tone, or sound quality, or timbre, are different. The human voice is made up of many different tones mixed together. When your vocal cords vibrate, they don't just vibrate at a single frequency. There's a whole mix going on. It's that mix that's one of the most important factors of sound quality. Inhaling helium makes the higher pitch tones resonate more in the vocal tract, amplifying them so they are louder in the mix. At the same time, it makes the lower tones resonate less in the vocal tract. The two effects combine to create a chipmunk-like flat sound. So essentially, the higher frequencies become stronger, and they are amplified over the lower frequencies. It doesn't change the pitch. So with that information, I'm thinking the pitch doesn't change, obviously. Oh, it's just kind of like... 
up octaves? I guess. Not sure. So usually the sound waves your vocal cords produce travel through air in your voice box. But when they go through the helium that you've inhaled, they travel about three times faster because helium is much lighter than air. Mm-hmm. When sound waves speed up, but their frequency stays the same, each wave stretches out. Depending on its unique shape, your voice box, voice box, voice box naturally resonates or vibrates when certain wavelengths hit it. When sound waves are stretched out because they are traveling through helium, lower sounding wavelengths get so long that they don't fit right in the voice box anymore, so your vocal tract doesn't resonate and amplify those tones. Huh. The higher tones, meanwhile, are stretched out so they're the perfect size to be amplified. Fun fact, sulfur hexafluoride has the opposite effect in the voice's helium. The phenomenon is the same, but it happens in the other direction. It's a gas much heavier than air. So when it's inhaled, it shortens sound waves, so the lower tones in your voice are amplified, and the higher ones fade out. Whoa! So it's like... <laughs> Inhaling a little helium or sulfur hexafluoride won't hurt you in small amounts. But it's best not to breathe in much. Both gases prevent oxygen from getting to the brain. Oh, that's a good point. So on that note, let's suck in some helium. Let's suck in some helium. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I brought you Neil deGrasse Tyson to explain helium for you once more. Neil! Welcome, buddy! Well, the fun fact, too, is we did this on the break, but... Chef brought, I couldn't get to the store, so I got Chef to buy these four helium balloons. <laughs> and he brought them. They were all tied together. And then he's like, there's a little clip I just need to unattach. And when he when he separated them, I forgot that they were going to float to the ceiling. I was fascinated. But the fact that his face was crazy. Oh my God, where are they going? <laughs> okay, grab me that one, will you? Ah, gentlemen. That sounds like crap. It doesn't actually sound like a chipmunk, does it? Does it? No, not really. That's not high enough yet. Bop. It's the same pitch, but it's a little bit. Bop, 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 give bop. me a note. Give me a note that I should match. <laughs> Jeff, bop, Jeff, give me a note that I should match. I'm telling bop, you. Ba ba ba. I can match it easily. <laughs> get out! They're waiting. <laughs> get, get out! Get, get out! Go, has more. What then to do about this Jesus mania? Yeah, it is the same pitch. It's the same pitch. But it's, it's, yeah. Now try to fight it. Now I'll try and fight it. But it's now it's, I try to fight it. But it's difficult to try and like this is my natural register right now. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is where I'm sort of living in this moment. Out there. Oh no. Okay, I'm back. Oh God, that's fun. You're definitely <laughs> not back. I'm still I'm back now this is normal no, you're not back yet this isn't normal yet no, I felt this is I feel this is not going to translate well for the podcast <laughs> listeners okay that felt really good I mean it didn't feel good but it's here I am here I am so Jeff Yes, Evan. Welcome to Explain, in a podcast where two guys explain things to each other. That they should know. But don't. I'm Jeff Sims. <laughs> I'm Evan Smith. Welcome. <laughs> it's getting higher. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> you tried that one. I did. I tried the last one. I'm not bringing you to the Janeway, so be careful. I just did the entire balloon all at once. <laughs> yeah, I just did the entire balloon. My voice is really, really high. 
But I think you're entirely right. I think once the helium is past the lungs and it no longer passes the air, your vocal folds, it's no longer funny. But but also, not only just funny, like, it is the same <clears throat> pitch. Yeah, that's exactly but it. But, like, so I was comparing Jeez, it to, dizzy. like, the... Um, the filters on Snapchat. Like, the couple of times where I've done, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, get yeah, out, yeah. you're waiting, get out! It's like, I can't, if I listen to that, I can't sing the pitches back. But no. that's actually a vocal vocal changer. It does change the it pitch. It does actually change the pitch. Where helium, it is the exact same pitch. It just takes the hearing the higher out. frequencies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The things you learn. Fascinating. So this is like our first splaining, or our second, I guess, splaining yeah. experiment. Yeah. Um, cool. You guys are welcome. <laughs> to try it on their own or just welcome for us doing it yeah I'm a little lightheaded okay helium yeah. plus alcohol yes and caffeine and caffeine <laughs> and, and double the amount of daily intake of caffeine yes what a coincidence um, um, so yeah we've got uh, the contest is over so we can't talk about that however yes, the fundraiser good. is alive and well yes it is it is a fundraiser for the gathering place the gathering place people have donated um, and we're trying to raise, I, I can't remember what I said is the thing. $3,000 hairs. I think it's two. 3,000 bugs. I mean, whatever. It doesn't matter how much. No. Nope. Just, if you have a spare $5, $10, that basically is a meal for a family. Absolutely. Or a, a person. Person or whatever. Yeah. Um, so whatever you can spare, you know, this Christmas season, um, do it. You don't need that 700 milligram coffee from Starbucks. No, you don't. You really don't. And you probably shouldn't have it, Jeff. No. Right? So um, just spread the love. Share the love. Spread the Christmas spirit and help those in need. Absolutely. Uh, congratulations once again uh, to Robin and Leah for winning the shirts uh, for our, yes. little, our first contest. And so, thank you for all those who participated. Yep. Yeah. Uh, we're not going to tell you you won. Hopefully you've listened to the podcast and you can tell us where and when we can deliver the t-shirts. Ooh. How mean of us. Um, but as always, please follow and share on our uh, Facebook and Instagram page. Um, and make sure to uh, write a review. And rate us wherever you listen to podcasts. I will add that one of the bonus things to do was to rate and review. Yep. Fun fact, and also a rhyme. Um, not a single person. They're like, oh, I'll do. I'll get the bonus entry, but I'm not going to go as far as to rate and review. That is just that's just outlandish. Not a single human did it. Not the one. So, you know what? An, a third free T-shirt could have been could have been yours. Yep. Might still be, but we were not going to tell you. Nope. Or you could just pay for it. <laughs> anyway. Remember how we said those are in need? If you've got um, a topic you want to send in, yep. we are getting quite a few. I mean, the contest helped. But still, send them in because we love doing them, as you noticed from this episode. We got yep. three in today. It was fun. One kind of two. One was mine. Anyway, info.splainin at gmail.com. We hope you learned something this week. And if you didn't... There's always next week. You have the coordination of a rubber boot. I know it.